You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. For another ship on the Geek's Watch. We've decided, John. What, what, what's the Looking next show spider, that we're doing? or there's a black spider over there. Like, it, it does you sound... Know, an hour. I don't think that's the official title, but uh, yes, Netflix is Altered... Carmen is the show that we're going to be talking about while we wait for Westworld. I think that's going to be the next one to come along, yeah? Yeah, Westworld will be the next thing to come along. And we're going to have special guests on this episode. Uh, both have been part of the Geek Elite Radio's episodes before. We have Gabby here. Hello. And Brian. Yes, that is me. <laughs> now, uh... Brian, you've been on the Geeks Watch before, talking about Alien Covenant mm-hmm. and the Alien franchise in general. Is this something that's also on the same wavelength? Is that why you connected to it so much? I mean, it's connection-wise, Ridley Scott. Yeah, Blade Runner. It's got that Blade Runner vibe. It's definitely got the Blade Runner. But vibe. I also look at it as if you ever watched a Black Mirror episode. And they just stuck to one episode theme, <laughs> and it's got all the crazy crap going on. So it's like, and oh, the story, the, the concept, the philosophical stuff throughout the stories. It's beautiful. <laughs> hey, Gabby, was is there something about Alder Carbon that you really? He forced me to watch it, okay. so I had no choice. But I actually do like it. Um, I'm a fan of like the uh, the future, uh, like he said, the Blade Runner kind of vibe and the the sci-fi uh, cyberpunk kind of feel almost and. I actually just, it's, it's so visually, like, stimulating. I just like watching it um, and seeing their, I guess, representation of what the future's going to look like. Because it looks pretty spot on. Like, everything about that is also really believable, too. Like, I can see that being our future, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we'll, be, we'll definitely get into that more after we talk about some geek news. John, what's the first story you want to talk about? Death is back. Death is back. Yes. And you're going to have to explain a little bit more. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm excited about Bill and Ted Part 3. I believe it's tentatively called Bill and Ted Face the Music. That's right. So the, the Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter have executively produced and got together a crew of writers or you know people that they feel are the ones that are going to be handling Bill and Ted 3 since it's been in the works for a very long time. And... Uh, as of recently, one of the writers, I believe, t- answered a tweet of a fan asking about death from, from the first two movies, <laughs> or from the first, from the second movie. Uh, do you have that right for me? Uh, yes, I believe it was somebody by the name of Ed Solomon says Bill crushed it as death in regards to William Sadler, who played the Grim Reaper, and uh, as he and we laughed a lot in writing him in Back to the Future Three or. Not Bill and Ted 3, not Back to the Future 3. <laughs> These acronyms get a little confusing. So let's hope something happens. William Sander, uh replied to this tweet by saying, Half Scythe will travel. Look at that. So as of right now, the, the, the script does have Death returning to hang out with Bill and Ted. We'll see if the movie ever gets made. How are they going to do this without Rufus, though? That is... He was a key essential part of the whole show. Right. They didn't go on their adventure... Without George Carlin. That's right. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, do we see a future Bill and Ted's movie where they bring back a, uh, you know, what they did with uh, Grand Moff Tolkien in Rogue One kind of thing? Or do they mourn a dead man in the future? They might mourn a dead man. How in the do you future? mourn a dead man in the future? Or do you find? Oh, he's a baby. Maybe oh, he they find him as yet. a child. 
they find young it's Rufus. It's young Rufus. That's the reason why they haven't fulfilled their destiny yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They have to save young Rufus. <laughs> Holy crap. Dude, that would be a theory. And if we're right. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Old Rufus has to come and save the young boys so the future can happen. Now they have to go back and repay the debt so that the future can happen. That makes sense. <laughs> John and Gabby and Brian, did you guys ever watch Charmed? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that show. So uh, they are... The CW is doing a reboot of it. They have gone and cast uh, their their lead in Melanie Diaz. I think I, I know she's been in a few things. The uh, thing I remember most from is Hamlet Two and uh, Be Kind Rewind. But uh, she is going to play one of the sister three sisters. I assume. How do you feel about a charmed reboot? I mean, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no Shannon Doherty. No show. I mean, I watched it for four reasons, and uh, they belong to uh, Rose McGowan and Alyssa Milano, so... <laughs> I mean, we're... I, so I think that's are... the only reason why I watched it, too. The, the... <laughs> I believe yeah. that the... And I, I, I stopped watching it before this point, but it, Shannon Doherty leaves, and that's when Rose McGowan comes in, right? Yes. Okay. So... Uh... Do you do you see them bringing Alyssa Milano or Rose McGowan or Shannon Doherty or I can't tell you what the last girl's name was. Girl with the face. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's Haley something. Haley I, Combs. That sounds correct. Yes, because the other one was Katie Holmes, so it's Haley Combs. I remember that. Look at you. I don't need mnemonics. <laughs> so yes, uh, do you think any of them come back to? Either reprise a role or play a cameo. I could see maybe uh, the Haley lady coming back, perhaps, because she was like really involved in the production of the first one. Okay. I I think they all kind of hated each other behind the scenes, though. It was one of those kind of fairly catty relationships that they had. Sounds like you're just spreading rumors. I, maybe. <laughs> no, Shannon Doherty was known for her cattiness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or like, what? 90210. 90210. And Melrose Place. You got kicked off in Melrose Place? She's on Melrose Place? I believe she started drama in Melrose Place. Okay. Yeah. That could be a thing. Well, I mean, they're both in California, so she could have just upgraded from <laughs> the hills. And people just had enough of her shit. <laughs> That's why she doesn't do anything. Uh, well, speaking of reboots, um, they're not only rebooting Charmed over at the CW, they're also bringing back another WB show called Roswell, and they have... Cast their say Sabrina for a second. Well, Sabrina's <laughs> going to Netflix. So oh, really? Yes. Oh my. But it's supposed to be darker. It's supposed to be more the witchcraft and less comedy sitcom. Is it going to be the same? Oh, so it's going to be a different. It's different. So okay. it's it's more in the lines of what Riverdale is. So okay, because I thought they were actually they were talking about having Sabrina in Riverdale. I still believe that she's supposed to yeah, at some point show that. up, mm-hmm. and then the show will spin off into Netflix. Look at that, because I had an interest. Like I might watch a show. <laughs> However, Janine Mason, who has been on Grey's Anatomy, is going to be in the Roswell uh, reboot, which is a show that I watched um, with uh, Brendan Furr and uh, Sherry Appleby. Yeah. I don't know. Has anybody seen the show? Um, uh, it's called Unreal on and unfortunately, it's on Lifetime, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good show. It's a scripted show about uh, a girl that works on a Bachelor-like show. She's a she's a assistant producer or something like that, or executive producer, and it's all about showing it's, – it's just talking about how those shows are all not real and how the producers completely manipulate the contestants and edit the footage and stuff like that until the point where people break and have psychotic episodes on air, and that's what really drives the ratings. I love that. It's a great show. It's really good. And then she's obviously really um, broken herself, and that's the whole point of that. Anyways, getting back to the, the reboot of uh, Roswell, the idea is the if I remember from the original show, there's three kids that were... They find an alien dude? No, they're not actually kids. They are aliens. They are the aliens that were oh, in the ship that, ro- that crashed in Roswell. And generations later, they woke up out of their stasis pods and... Uh, were adopted by. Um, I think I confused it with another CW show where there was a guy that didn't have a belly button. 
Kyle XY. Kyle XY? Yeah. yeah. No, that was on. So Normies found that weirdo. That was on ABC. That was ABC Family or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. With the, the plot that you're describing, I thought for a second, I was like, wait, isn't that Escape from Witch Mountain or something like that? <laughs> I was thinking Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> I've never saw Escape from Witch Mountain. And Third Rock from the Sun, they're there to, they're there to observe the humans. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I never watched Grey's Anatomy, so I don't know Janine Mason. I don't know exactly what uh, she'll be bringing to the show. I don't really understand why we're going back to the well with all these bringing rebooting shows and restarting shows like Will and Grace and Roseanne and Full House. It's but, all about IP, not about original ideas anymore. I mean, yeah, yeah you got the built-in audience and stuff, but I'm interested in Roseanne though. <laughs> I thought the interesting part about that is that she's going to be playing a uh, hardcore Trump fan, like Trump supporter. Oh man, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> that's what I was assuming. I was like, oh, they're gonna be like a Trump family, and then they actually are. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Just... And then they're gonna have what's what's the daughter's name? Darlene. Dar- that's it, Darlene. She's like, in a, I I see it happen. I see it happen. I already know what's gonna happen. She's Melissa Gilbert. Yeah, isn't she on? On like one of those the view. the view or something yeah. or okay, she um, had cameos on Big Bang every so often. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because homeboy, he was uh, his Charlie Galecki. Yeah, Johnny he was in, in Roseanne. Yeah, yeah he's the boyfriend. Yeah, so I, I take it no, he's probably. Actually my question is, back are they gonna retcon the final season? Where... That's what I've heard. I've heard that what I've read is that the last episode where it explains that John actually death or John Goodman, but Dan actually died, mm-hmm. is gonna not happen. And that they and that they actually struck it rich with the lottery. None of that stuff happened. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. He's actually in some Ohio. <laughs> what do you call it? It was in Cloverfield. That that's a real end. That's where Cloverfield starts. Yeah, we haven't gotten to talking about Cloverfield Paradox yet. Uh, oh no, I haven't seen that one. I'm talking about. Uh, the original Cloverfield. No, no, Cloverfield. Oh, Tank Cloverfield. Tank Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Yeah, because it just looks Cloverfield. like like if Roseanne had a. Uh, a guest house, it would look like that. Ah. And it's a bunker. <laughs> a dark bunker where you keep people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the next story that you had, John? Uh, Black Panther, doing pretty well. I would say so. Yeah. Four-day weekend, $215 million domestically. I think it was $390 million worldwide. Yeah, already in just four days surpassed Justice League's entire theatrical run. <laughs> For shame, DC. <laughs> I've been trying to avoid anything about Black Panther because I haven't watched it yet. Like, just like any spoilers, you mean? Yeah, because like, I love watching Nerdist. And so I just want to see what Jessica Chobot has to say. And then it's just like, no, I can't look at Jessica <laughs> Chobot. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't saw it. Uh, I just say I thought it was an amazing movie. Do I need earmuffs? No, no, I won't, I won't spoil no anything. I just, I just say that uh, I, I really thought the, the thing that sold me on it is that every character even dies at the end. Every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> every character dies at the end and, uh, you know, the world just comes to it. No, uh, every character, you know, even the side characters all are very fleshed out. They're very mm-hmm. real. They're, you know, they're characters that you care about, even, you know, the small characters. It's, there's lots of characters that are in the other Marvel movies that are just one-dimensional they come in make a cameo walk out yeah, and people are like oh he's supposed to be so and so exactly so you're saying that it's almost like it's a good movie in spite of the fact that it's a comic book movie exactly interesting <laughs> they need to kind of figure that out now they have no excuses if they can make it work with black panther that's true that's true so uh, yeah, when, uh, you know, when I know John, you said you hadn't seen it yet. I also have not seen it. Brian, Dean, Gabby, haven't seen it. So when you all get a chance to see it, I would love to hear what you have to say about it. Yes. Uh, would, anything else you wanted to say about Black Panther? Um, yeah, there's a few other things, but I don't think they're podcast appropriate, so we'll save those for another conversation. <laughs> because we've talked so... Oh, okay. Uh, what was the other... Was, you had one more story, right? Yes, I wanted to also discuss that... Uh, just kind of a funny one, or a random one, in my opinion. Uh, Jay Hernandez, uh, best known as playing uh, Diablo, Diablo, and um, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, going to be playing Magnum PI now. What the the reboot of Magnum PI? Yes. Yeah, so we talking more about reboots. <laughs> uh, I don't Magnum. I don't, is he? Uh, was I don't know. I feel weird. It's like I'm Hispanic, but I feel weird. The Hispanic guy, 
He's like, is it Manuel Pi? <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna have like the Mexican mustache. He's gonna have the little thin one. I don't think. Pia. Do you need is is that what Magnum Pi is known for? The big mustache? Yeah, it's it's that's. It won't be a Ferrari. It'll be an '84 Impala with like <sighs> shocks and the the hydros. Yeah. Wow, I, I mean, CBS could go really racist with it, I guess, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it'll be the retired cop. Like, the Mexicans will love it. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I think it's a very odd choice for Jay Hernandez. I think right now between Suicide Squad and uh, what was the... Suicide Squad 2. Bad, bad Boys, not Bad Boys, Bad Moms, and... Um, Bright, he's kind of got a wait. Was he in Bright? Yeah, he was the he was the sheriff that Will Smith oh, calls out. Oh right. yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously that was Derek David Ayers. I totally didn't recognize him. Well, he looks really different. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't look like he's in MS13. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he's. I mean, and he's also in the Bad Moms. He's the uh, Mila, Mia. No, what's her name? Mila Kunis's character's boyfriend in those movies. So he's kind of. Hmm. He's kind of hot right now for movies. It's mm-hmm. kind of odd that he would jump onto TV. I mean, I can understand if you were doing like a show like Altered Carbon, where you have a rich story and a lot of production and stuff like that, but a, a crime procedural where he's the lead. So, I mean, maybe that was the thing. Who played Magnum P.I. in the first one? Tom, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. That's the name. <laughs> Tom Selleck. You, you can't. Dude, he had a really badass mustache. Which, you know, everybody, I think a lot of people know the story that he was supposed to play uh, Indiana Jones originally, mm-hmm. but because of Magnum P.I. did not take that role. Mm-hmm. However, for some random reason, uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers are, Chip is modeled after Indiana Jones and Dale's modeled after Magnum P.I. That's You're right. right. That's right. <laughs> that is odd. That's yeah. <laughs> gadget. Um, I'm hoping the German lady from Last Crusade... Oh no, I was a sick child. I had a crush on her. Oh. <laughs> and Gadget. And Rebecca Cunningham who tells me. But anyways, let's continue on. I didn't know who so what you're saying is uh, this is where you're I was a furry back then. See furry snail cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back then. Quote, quote. I think I think a lot of my formative uh, crushes began as animated characters, yeah, as well. You're a sick man too. I'm, yeah. Ariel was hot. Yeah, definitely. I think we've discussed Ariel before. Have we? Yes. She's sick. <laughs> hey, I was 14. She was older than me. Yeah, I think I was 12. So I think there was nothing okay. wrong with it. Yeah. I'm assuming that she aged at the same rate as I have. So right now she'd be like a really hot cougar with seashell bras. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, it'd be more like conscious now, like down in the middle of her stomach. But... Yeah. She, wow. She might be a smoker and like an alcoholic. <laughs> with a hole in her like throat. This. Yeah, I could see that. Let that's me see your widget, my body. Put in my collection. She's got hoppers and doodads plenty. She's a mom now. Oh, man. Mom's mom. <laughs> She's mouth. Single mother. She's married to a prince. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking the worst. I don't know. He's, he's assuming that you don't the know your dies. <laughs> right now, the lore and the real the real story, she kills herself, talking right? About the, the talking about Disney. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't Go, you, yeah, you, we don't you go all in love with Christian the Disney Anderson up in this. Oh, yeah, true. But I know the true story. The behind the scenes. The true oh, yeah. story? Or yeah, the, the actual, true fairy tale the story. The true fairy tale story. Okay, there we go. She kills herself. <laughs> she turns into seafoam because she's going to be a giant witch maiden. Gross. So she dies. She doesn't kill herself. She dies. Uh, so, didn't you also have a story about Transformers that you were talking about? Moving on. <laughs> bringing it back. All right. Yes. Uh, so, Paramount wants to, uh, I guess, reboot the series after they has finally finished just destroying the property. Uh, there is one more movie in the pipeline. I currently believe it's in production. Uh, yeah, uh, Bumblebee, I believe, is already yes, finished. Yes, it's going to be a Bumblebee, I believe, standalone movie that takes place sometime between World War II and uh, when he first meets Shia LaBeouf. So. Yeah, because it's it's going to be, the star is supposed to be John Cena and Haley Steinfeld. She's the one that's going to be the one that, yeah. that has Bumblebee. You do not like Haley Steinfeld? Uh, <laughs> I like aspects about her. I mean, True Grit, she was great. Um, yeah. Uh, she's good in the Pitch Perfect movies. Yeah. She, oh, what else has she been in? Uh, there was there was this one movie, which I believe is called game. Barely Lethal. Was she? Oh, she was in her sister, right? Older no, sister. she was one of the teammates or something. Oh, she looks like a Petra? child. 
Yeah. I never saw Ender's Game because I saw I heard it was really disappointing, and I really loved that book, so I just never watched yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you like the book, you shouldn't watch it. It's not so bad. I kind of compare it to like uh, if you like the book for Starship Troopers, the movie's like its own separate thing that's still kind of good. It's just don't expect a faithful adaptation. Okay. Uh, I, I look at it that way anyway. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I mean, it's, what it really pisses me off is that it's just going to be another buddy thing with you know forced people in the roles and what are you looking for from a transformers movie i want to see generation one done right you don't need to have which had spike as a kid who's a buddy i mean but it focused on the transformers here you put in john cena and Haley steinfeld they're going to be the leads like bumblebee's going to be a backdrop character which also leads me to believe we're not going to see a whole lot of other Transformers, maybe a couple of like nobody villains that are going to be disposable. Because So you're afraid they're remaking Lovebug with Bumblebee in it? Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is going to be. Holy shit. <laughs> it's going to be the crossover. It's going to be... He's still probably not going to talk, which has been a stupid decision from the beginning. The only reason he didn't talk in the first movie is so that he couldn't communicate directly with Sam, whatever. Sam Woodwicky? Yeah, whatever his name was in the first movie. Um, but after that was over, there was no reason for them to keep that trait going. Like, he could talk at all times and everything else. They just needed a little gimmick where he communicated through the radio or whatever. Because it's cute. And, yeah. It's, they just don't know how to write a good Transformers movie, and all they need to do is look at the Dreamwave comics and adapt that. Or even just take the Fall of Cybertron games and oh, adapt yeah. that. I like the first Transformers movie because when I first saw it, it blew my brains away. Oh, and they could have just left it right there. The I really like was that. Good. Yeah. that was good in comparison to like how off the rails they got. I still was not happy with it. I'll admit I watched it like two or three times in the theater, but with each successive movie, I watched it less and less to the point where like I don't, I haven't even seen the last one. Nah, and so I, like, yeah, I haven't seen in the past like the second. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like the one before that, I caught it on cable, and that's the only way I saw it. And I didn't even watch the whole thing. I was like, once they got to China, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, this is this is crap. My best Transformers experience was the 4D ride at Universal Studios <laughs> Orlando. <laughs> I honestly, I had, I had such a blast playing the the War and Fall of Cybertron games because they felt like a Transformers movie. Like you can it's watch the one that looks just like a game, right? Yeah, it looks, oh, I've been well, wanting to play that. It looks like um, well, actually, you might be thinking of uh, Transformers Devastator, the one that looks like a cartoon. Oh yeah, where they it's cell yeah cell shaded yeah, yeah that one's that one's also good, but um, I like the Fall of Cybertron because it's sort of like everything that leads up to them going to Earth, mm-hmm. and the character designs are blocky in that same style of like 1980s uh, robot designs where mm-hmm. they're still kind of blocky, but they make mm-hmm. sense. And it's just so good. You can watch just the cutscenes on YouTube. It's like two hours of cutscenes, and it's basically a movie. And it's so much better than, I mean, granted, the first one <laughs> is okay. It's watchable. I'll give you that. It's so much. The, the game's cutscenes are so much better than two through whatever five, six they're on right now. So how much? That seems like like a movie. Yeah, yeah. I watched after watching <laughs> Justice League and Batman v Superman. I went back and I watched the cutscenes for Injustice One and Two as a movie. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna, I don't have time to play this. Game. Yeah, that's what I did with like the first and second uh, Uncharted games. I just watched the cutscenes on YouTube. On YouTube, mm-hmm. that's like five hours each. Yeah, and they're practically movies, and they're themselves. more than an hour, and they're <laughs> well written. They are well written. Uh, I don't know. I I mean. Yes, the first one I, I, I enjoyed a lot. The third one I actually thought was really good. The second one is dumb. The one with Leonard Nimoy. Is that the second one? That was the third one. The third one, yeah. No, the second one was the one that had giant robot testicles. Yeah, so, I, I know, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then... Wrecking Balls. The <laughs> fourth one was, Cybers was, on was just terrible because that's the one with Mark Wahlberg the first time. And then the fifth one is, is not good either. So. so somebody's writing a robot T-Rex with a sword? Yes. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I saw in the movie poster. I was the like, imagery I looked great. This. Just that. There's like, oh, that's cool. Do I want to see a movie of this? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I like how Honest Trailers pointed out that for the first one with Mark Wahlberg, they spent more time explaining how uh, a legal adult can date a minor. Yeah, they do spend, They do take a lot of time to explain I'm that. like, wow. It's the Romeo and Juliet law or whatever. It's like, that is interesting that they're 
pushing that through here. <laughs> Michael Bay is trying to tell people it's all right. Yeah, that leads to a whole other dark path. But uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. We already had that argument last week about Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, last thing I wanted to talk about is the director of Sicario 2, Soledad, is Stefano... I lost it. Stefano something. He is also going to be making uh, the Call of Duty movie, a movie based off a video game. And the two actors that he would love to have in the movie is Tom Hardy and uh, Chris Pine. So essentially it would be bringing back the two from... Uh, Wait, how are they going to do this Call of Duty movie? movie? Are they going to go by like the first Modern Warfare or are they going to go by storyline like Captain Price? Or they're just saying these two nerds are going to be in this well, movie. Yeah, Call of, Call of Duty takes place anywhere between like World War Two to like the the future. future. Yeah, I know. So it, like, this could be anything. Exactly, it could it could be anything. If they, they know better, they probably wouldn't want to do any future version. It's uh, Stefano Salima, and uh, yeah, uh, this means war is the movie the two of them were in. It's a love. It's a romantic comedy with a little uh, action yeah. where they're both fighting over Reese Witherspoon. Uh, so he goes, uh, speaking exclusively to Metro.co.uk in Milan at the launch of his short film for Campari, The Legend of Red Hand, the, the 51-year-old director expressed his admiration for the two stars, admitting he loved their work. Uh, speaking of Tom, Stefano said... He was a huge fan of the British actor's CV, saying, I mean, I like almost I like almost everything he's been in. I'm waiting for his Venom. Even in Mad Max, he was great. And then, and it seems that his other favorite actor is Tinseltown, is, in Tinseltown, is the none, none other than Chris Pine. He went on to say, he's tough, but he's smart. And he can have a sense of humor, but he can also be in such a dramatic role. And I like uh, I like when you feel that an actor can play with different nuances and tone because this means they're a good actor. So, with all that being said, does anybody really want? I mean, with the curse, quote unquote, of video game movie, video game movies, mm-hmm. do we want a Call of Duty movie? I don't know. Is that so? We're doing comic book superhero movies now. Are we doing video game movies after this? Like, what's going to be the next giant trend? Because I'm I was well, reading something real quick. Well, yeah, I think I think that's that's the next untapped thing to try and do well. Mm-hmm. But I, I it, they tried to do Assassin's Creed. It was garbage. In in I think I think there was post production problems with that because uh, Fassbender was really heavily involved in the, you know, production of that. And mm-hmm. I think when they figured out that, oh, wait, he's English and he's playing uh, a Spanish guy, like... supposed to be Italian. Yeah, Italian. Was he supposed to be Italian? I thought he was supposed to be Spanish. Well, Anyways, yeah. it's just like, it. I think that was like the whole backlash of like Ghost in the Shell. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, you're whitewashing yeah. your Aww. cultural appropriation. And so that whole, the whole past life part of the movie gets cut way down from what I understand hmm. and I think that hurt it a lot I think there was a really good ideas in that movie but then it didn't pan out um, there's I think <laughs> I think you're right that I, I think one of the things is that video games already have a rich story in them mm-hmm. and you're trying to take a video game that as we said could have five hours worth of cutscenes for a story and cut it down to two hours two and a half hours and you're gonna lose stuff, and it's not gonna it's not gonna make sense. I think I know what the solution to making a good video game movie is. Okay. And you have to look at Clue. Okay. <laughs> I never watched Clue. How you dare are, you? You are missing out, man. Yes. I've seen Heather's and Clue, and you haven't. Like, there's like a few random movies where it's like I've never seen. I was like, I'm wow, surprised Heather's went past me. I've seen a movie I'm that you haven't what seen. Went past you need to bring too. back that uh, 80, t- uh, rewind. Oh, yeah, they're, make, they're rebooting Heathers, too. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a TV show on MTV, I believe. Yeah, oh, really? but you know what? Show. Everybody in the show drinks sparkling water. Okay. I don't know if you remember. Never mind. No, probably not. <laughs> Heathers reference. Watch the movie. I think I've watched the movie once. <laughs> well, see, really instead young. of drinking the bleach or whatever, they could change it to Tide Pods now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, but what were you going to Okay, so my, my thing is this. So, so video games and board games... 
you know, you virtually never play the same game twice. You know, the structure is the same, but your experience is always different. And that's the problem with video game movies. It's always a set narrative, whereas video games, depending on the video game, uh, you know, you can take branching paths. It's like a choose your own adventure type situation. What Clue did right is that they included multiple endings and you can choose your favorite, you know, or you can take all three of them if you want to, just if you're weird like that. Which they are making another Clue movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's what they need to do. They need to add that, at least the, the perception of, of a branching path or of choice, because when you have just like a regular, if you have a Super Mario movie, where like it doesn't even take place in the Mushroom Kingdom, it's called Dino Hatton, and it has nothing to do with the games, and it's just a set yeah. thing. <laughs> you gotta at least do something where like some alternate outcome you know comes out of there like oh after they fix everything and you know besides just going back to new york maybe they stay there and then everything starts looking more like the games at the end with the big green bushes with eyes in them and the you know it was only one thing in that movie i was like i, I can i can accept this it was yoshi oh yoshi yeah yeah and the bubbles and yoshi i was like okay if you're gonna make Yoshi can be a dinosaur. Uh, a real yeah. dinosaur. That's really? what makes sense. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to see a goofy cartoon looking Yoshi. It's like, yeah. They're all random. It looks like Dino from the Flintstones movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, like, one of those. And, but, and then here's another thing, too. You get these writers who don't understand the games or what makes them good. They just take, oh, these are the things that are popular about them. And the best example of that is Silent Hill. Silent Hill is one of the games that's the series that's like closest to me, at least the first three games. Uh, you know, they're so good, they're so rich. Uh, if you've never seen it, I highly recommend checking out the real Silent Hill experience. It's by two dudes whose popularity caused them to like have huge egos, and then they blew up and imploded, and it's really interesting <laughs> drama behind the scenes. But they did a really good breakdown of all of the Silent Hill stuff. And they break down how like the movies just simply took characters from different games that have nothing to do with each other, because they're different stories that happen to take place in the same town. And they just threw them all in there. So it's, okay, well, we're going to take these characters from this game and put them in this part of the movie but if you actually think about it they had nothing to do with it they just look cool and so they threw them in there and it's like these people don't understand what makes something good they just want to make whatever's popular you know put it in there and see if that attracts the masses and you get something that is nonsensical crap that can be true for just about all of the other video game movies that we've had. Well, I would say, I would argue, and maybe it's just me, but I would argue that the that it worked out well for the Resident Evil franchise. Like, at least the first movie I thought was great. Yeah, because they had nothing to do with Resident Evil, really. They're not Resident Evil, like, in name only. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's not following Chris Redfield in the first movie, or, yeah, the first movie, and, uh, or was it Claire? In the first game. It's not even following anywhere near the, the yeah, same there was plot like line. None of the characters were... No, I understand that, but it, it's a... You, Let me put it to you this way. Maybe it's going it's going as a story that's on side quest of the, the original game. Not even that, though. Because, like, Why? because none of the movies don't line up with anything that's happening in the games. Like I was saying, with inserting a character uh, from a different game into a plot that makes no sense, they did that in... The one where they're like in L.A. or something, and you have this one dude that looks like a butcher with a giant knife, which is mm -hmm. a total rip off the pyramid head anyway. But Just, that character shows up in Resident Evil, the video. He does in Africa. Like, there's no reason why he would be in, like, L.A., like, walking down I mean, through. Don't we have a friend that was in the last Resident Evil? That Jerry? Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Well, he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite video game movie? I don't care what you say. It's Mortal Kombat. First one. Well, Second yeah. one was garbage. That one actually... That one, as soon as it starts, it pops up with the logo, the Mortal Kombat emblem, and then the boom, 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 I lost my shit yeah. as a kid. God, I fucking I mean, and, but then again, that's the, that's the thing is that that game doesn't really have a story. No, you just beat the crap out of each right. other. And so that's what they did. They right. could fill in the parts and we were okay with it. Well, see, that Raiden was a badass in it. <laughs> I disagree with that because they had the same... Worked. It had a structure similar to... Uh, Street Fighter, yeah, Street Fighter Two, right. where the main character is whoever you choose, yeah. and then you play that person's story through a progression. Now, when you pick a movie, they choose that main character for you. So it just happened to be Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat, and that worked out because unofficially he is the main character of the game as well. But realistically, you should be able to, you know, the movie should be able to also be about 
Sonya Blade, you know, and all of her stories. Right, they, they separated a segment, like, this part of the movie to them. Yeah, but like even, even in the video Fighter. game, like, even in Street Fighter, the main character is kind of Ryu. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the movie should, the Street Fighter movie should have been about Ryu, yeah. but it's about Guile because you couldn't have Van Damme playing Ryu, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe uh, whatever his name was that was Ryu. I can't remember his name off the top of my well, head Well, he, funny enough, he shows up in Altered Carbon. That is right. That is him. Oh, shit. He's the first body of uh, Kovacs. Kovac. Yeah. I... Takashi Kovacs. Wow. I thought he looked familiar. Smooth segue. Right? Smooth. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> what more can we say then? <laughs> so, going into Altered Carbon, the first episode is called Out of the Past. And uh, definitely hitting. Uh, the idea of the show is... And has anybody read the books? Apparently there's like three I books, started. Right? Okay. Yeah. It's... um. And not enough. I'm a slow reader. Okay. I like. I have to like. It's like counting with my fingers. That's how slow I read. <laughs> um, but yeah, as soon as I finished the series, I had to like. I had to, I had to read the books. So you. So you and you. You watched the first season. You just had to go and find I out as much information and you throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I finished a whole bottle of scotch did, watching the whole did, thing. Did that affect your how the, the show ends in the first season? I had a, a glass because like at first I was like, oh, I'm just gonna watch a couple episodes, but then it like it got me. I was like, the booze oh, and the show. The booze <laughs> and the show. To the point where it's like, you know, like in Rick and Morty, where they have that uh, that one show that pops up every once in a while. They're like, you don't know me. Like, <laughs> I, I get moments where it's like, okay, this is a thing that he does. And then there's a, a certain twist that show up where it's like, oh, you do know me. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm putting my hand over my mouth like, oh, I have to refill my glass. And so I was like, another episode. Like, I, when I'm talking about binging, it was so, like, I binged it. So would you say that the, the show does a good job of the whole, when the episode ends, we putting up a cl- uh, cliffhanger so that you want to watch the next one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, there's like a good twist where it's, I don't know, maybe it's because the alcohol <laughs> at the time, but it was twisting my emotions. And I, and I, <laughs> I like the whole idea of like the stacks because it changes everything like the, the dualist idea of like philosophy is like what who makes you you your body or your mind or your mind, right but then this is different it's like this is not just your mind this is your memory but what about the soul that's a thing i mean it gets it gets into a more complex pattern of what a dualist philosophy is it's like what is a soul is it these things or is it it's so, in the, <laughs> so we should mention this part. Okay. So uh, the guy that revives Kovac, the rich guy. Right. Played by James Purfoy. And he – so the rules are the, the uber-rich can clone their bodies, and if they die, they can plug themselves into a new body, and then they're good to go. They're they, new, but same body. It's still yeah. their same appearance. But they have another ability that the poor people don't have. They have a cloud-based system where they can upload their souls or their stacks into another stack. It's then every 48 hours. So that's another thing. It's like, what makes you you? Can you forget? Forgetting those 48 hours, that's a part of you missing. Right. So, But when you come in, it's like, what is you? And man, it's like (laughs) so much can happen within those 48 hours where it's like what you experience, like, oh, I know who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm this guy. But then it's like, who can you... It's nuts. And, I, and I, going with that, I thought... And sorry to cut you off, John, but I thought it was very interesting because the whole reason that he's bringing out uh, Kovacs out of the deep freeze or whatever you want to call it is that uh, he wants him to investigate his death, his murder. Hmm. Now, the big key point in the first episode is that or of the murder is that the, the the gun that was used could only be owned by himself or his wife. Yep. Well, they, the queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's wearing a, be- a, a bed sheet for some reason. I don't know. I guess yeah, that's like the Yeah, the toga. She <laughs> and Toga's come back into, into fashion. <laughs> and she's always cold. <laughs> well, she's up in the clouds. That's yeah, like true. It's brisk. <laughs> yeah, the Jetsons, you know, in the future. It's, so uh, the D- only the, their two DNAs can open up the safe that has the gun. But then later on in the episode, they explain that somehow uh, an, an, another copy of you could be walking around out there or something like that. Mm-hmm. And as you said, he is already uh-huh. using a clone body. So 
wouldn't that already complicate the the whole investigation? Why is that not talked about by Ortega, the the inspector that's that's doing the investigation and stuff like that? Like that was a question that kept popping up to me. And then uh, the other thing was the the penal system of uh, you know you get put onto deep freeze when you're so serving out your crime. It's the same thing that happens in demolition man. It's like is anybody really like like if you're frozen the whole time, you're not suffering yeah, the being not. in prison. Yeah. yeah. So why is that a thing? I mean, at least in Demolition Man, they they did some programming yeah. to be like. You only suffer when you get out, because like every yeah everything you knew and love is gone. So you're just like, hello, here you go. It's like dude, that's that's where you are suffering. Right. Oh, okay. So that's why he was losing his shit. That's why he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna get drunk and get laid. Uh, <laughs> they got some cool drugs in the future. Yeah, they do. Oh man, they make it. I want some of that. <laughs> I like the I like the whole uh, the the ads that kept coming at him. Like I didn't know if that was supposed to be part of the drug at first, or if that was just something else entirely. It probably but... wasn't helping. Oh no, no, no. that's <laughs> actually part of their uh, communication device. Right. Like, what they call it? The uh, Oni. Oh man, I forgot the name of it. I, I suck at remembering names. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it works with the bracelet and the interfaces and the, the contact. Oh, okay. Or a minority report where it's like targeted advertising. Right. Yes. Exactly. And uh, yeah. And she, I love that she walks in and she's just like, "Oh, you should throw on your with some type of blocker." And I was like, "Oh, basically ad blocker." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Looks like a little daisy or something. Yeah, it's a little sticker. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what uh, the two hundred fifty years? That was another thing that I thought was very odd. So he's been asleep or dead or whatever you want to put it for two hundred fifty years. However, when he wakes up and he said the, they say they're taking him to uh, see James Purfoy's character. I don't remember what the name of uh, Bancroft. Bancroft, that's it. Uh, at the moment, he says, never heard of him. However, Bancroft's been alive for 360 years. Wouldn't he have heard about this super rich well, guy that also knows this? I think this Kovacs wasn't on Earth, though. Even still, he, he specifically says, I fought a war to stop people like you. Wouldn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. So maybe he hadn't oh. happened yet. Maybe he was well, still gathering way. his shit and resources. It's like right now. Because uh, it would be like one of the one percenters. How many one percenters do you know now? I know, I mean, I don't personally know any of them, but... Can you name name all of them? I can't <laughs> name all of them, no. So he could be one that he couldn't name. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I'm also not fighting a war against them. That's true. Yeah, if you think about it, they call them envoys. Right. So it was kind of. I was thinking about this. It's like, man, the like the last envoy. Like, what's the closest thing to that? It's like the last ISIS fighter. That's what he would be like. Would I mean? Would he though? He, I mean, he how was hard? a merc, and then he was a soldier, and then it would he was be a merc again. Really hard to get the last one. It just it find that hard to believe. I think I I just felt it more as like uh, I don't know. He was. I guess like Lobo, the last Cesarian. He's just the rest of them had died. He either killed them or or they died in battle, and he's just the last one to be alive. Or Riddick, the last Furian. Yeah, there you go. Okay. The last Furian. I mean, Lorraine, the last Furian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, he knew who the Fire Lord was, though. Yes. Like he has. <laughs> they don't. I, in the first episode, at least, they don't really get into the whole what an envoy is other than the fact that they're a soldier, they have special abilities through, I, I would assume some type of cybernetic implants or genetic manipulation. Uh, the girl that he's with in the hotel room doesn't understand that he can see through the walls, mm-hmm. but he can. Yeah. She was a mercenary. Um, but they do mention it. Uh, she was Ortega? a mercenary too. Ortega was doing a background on him. And then she said, yeah, he, this guy was a terrorist. Right. And she breaks it down. It's like, yeah, he's capable of all this crazy shit. And then as soon as they let him out, they upgrade his body, new sleeve mm-hmm. with enhancements, which is nuts. It's like, why are they giving this terrorist all this upgrade? Oh, because because Bancroft's got money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like smooth. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does say it, it, essentially the body that's Joel Kinnaman was some type of soldier too because he has the muscle re- or muscle memory and yeah. the reflexes and of that. Jacked. And yeah. he's really jacked. He's got damn abs. <laughs> he's got huge arms and abs. So uh we didn't really get to see him fight 
all that much in the first episode, other than uh, at the Hotel Raven or Raven Hotel. At the Edgar Allan Ho Motel. That's <laughs> <laughs> one way of putting it. Uh, which I thought was a very interesting scene. I have to brace myself. We're oh, only talking what... about episode one. We're only talking about episode one. Right. <laughs> we were only talking about episode one. We were trying to do episode by episode. But uh, Poe is like my favorite character in the show. So he comes up more. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the bad guy in that now, scene. Real quick, a side note. I want to understand something. Do they explain how his... I guess uh, sex motel could be in business for 50 years without having customers. That's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Okay. It's like I finished the whole series and I'm like, like who's paying the rent for this building? Yeah, it's it like yeah, there's logistics that are like, how do you? <laughs> but it gets interesting. I won't. It, All right, the second so. episode gets kind of cool with what he does in his off time. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I thought that was. Wait, so like, do AIs have normal lives too? Like, they can clock out and yeah, do other stuff. They do stuff. They were hanging okay. out. Yeah, they hang out. They talk. They talk okay. shit about humans. What the, that, the whole time thing is is also gives me because the two hundred fifty years, like when he wakes up and 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 Bancroft wants to, it asks him about the whole cloud thing. He's like, "You understand what that is?" He goes, "Yeah, I understand what that is." But shouldn't there have been something even more advanced by that point when two hundred fifty years has passed? Like, shouldn't a lot of the things just not make any sense to him, even though he was always obviously at the cutting edge when he went to sleep or when he went it to sleep. should be like Demolition Man when he comes out. Like, what, people are using seashells now to wake their ass? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really felt like there wasn't that moment. And maybe that's because I'm expecting it because I've watched so many other uh, sci-fi things like that. And I, I feel like it needs to follow that formula. I think we're, when it comes down to like sci-fi futuristic stuff, it's all about the time and place where we are right now. Right. So when you think about the Jetsons, we were just mentioning them. It's like it was all about fins and little orby things around the fins. That was the style of what we thought the future was. Uh -huh. Then the 80s was Blade Runner where it was like neon signs and it's raining all yeah, the time. The big, big thing was neon <laughs> signs. But now we have the potential idea of holograms where we have shitty holograms right now. But who knows? They might be a thing. Well, I think what he's trying to say, though, is that it seems like from the time that he was put to sleep to when he's thought, mm -hmm. there's not really a change in technology. No, there's not an advancement. Yeah, I agree, was... too. And then when he woke up and he was, like, talking to the people that had gotten him out of the bag, he's like, ah, how long have I been out? And they're like, he's 250 years. And he just kind of, like, got up and went to go take a shower yeah, without a big deal. Years. Like, yeah. like you know, I would have, I agreed. And I'm like, you know, you've been out for 250 years. It's like... No. You're not going to freak out? You're just going to walk into the shower? And... My theory about that, yeah, it didn't seem to even that of It was like a co-ed shower. Yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> ladies in here, too. All right. Um, my theory is that it's so far advanced in the future now that we probably reached some kind of peak, and things just really aren't advancing anymore. I see what you mean. Like, right, yeah. we... Okay. But then again, we wouldn't need to, right? I mean, they've gotten to the point where people can live almost forever with clone bodies or yeah. jumping into new sleeves. You know, once you get to that point, why would you need to advance anymore, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. the, the requirement for advancement isn't really as necessary because now you have multiple lifetimes to work on stuff rather than... Yeah, it makes... I, I Watching this whole series, even from the first episode, made me think, what would it... I, I want to be in this world just to be like, how long until I get bored? Because you have enough lifetimes to watch every movie that you want and be a... Just like how much until you're just like okay I'm done I've had enough of this I guess it's time to go. Do you find the end of the internet and you're just like all right I've seen this that's it two girls one club good job guys call me a day and then you're bored and you want to die and they keep bringing you back you're like just let me go it's like I've seen this like fifty times already so I, I know I watched I watched this movie it's called uh, Exchange it's a very bad movie it's got Stephen Baldwin as the main star Kyle McLaughlin. But the idea is that you can take a vacation from yourself by jumping into another person's body or a blank. And, uh, you know, so which they kind of do, they kind of say the same thing with Kovacs. Like they just, when they wanted him to fight a war somewhere, they just dropped him into the body that, that was already there. Like, do you think they're going to they use that as just transportation too? It's like, oh, I need to be in a meeting on Mars and it's much easier for me to just jack in, drop my body, drop, jump into a body there and then and then go to the meeting. I'm only allowed like, to talk about that someone. You're only allowed to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> Well, and like, I think I've already started to get the glimpses of something going on here that if uh, 
the same person can be in two different sleeves due to the fact that there's a backup that's already opening up a lot of interesting possibilities for where the story's going to go. That's the other thing I love about this show, because it's like, I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan, mm -hmm. and Kovac is basically a futuristic Sherlock Holmes. He's got the self-destructiveness, he doesn't give a crap, he I loves didn't... drugs. I didn't notice that, you're right. Yeah. But, like, but then he, when they talk about the envoys... Their true superpower is deduction. Deduction. Paying attention to the details. Mm -hmm. And he says that in the first episode. He's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's all about paying the attention to details. <laughs> and then. Well, I mean, Poe was pretty much spelling it out for him, though. He's like, hey, if you touch <laughs> yeah. this panel, I will give you a gun. It's or right. I will kill people for you. But no, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, it's like, I be, it's like, I'm just a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. Anything related to Sherlock Holmes, like House. That's Sherlock Holmes as a doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is when I saw this is like I I like these type of characters like Rick and Morty. Rick is like Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on the Sherlock Holmes cartoon where Watson's a robot and it takes place in the future? What? I didn't. I didn't uh, you're gonna have to look this up then. It's a, it's like <laughs> a '90s cartoon. It was by the same company that made Highlander the animated series, and it, oh. it, it looks nuts. Okay. Mm. It's very bizarre. I don't know. Now I'm curious. I didn't know they made a Highlander cartoon either. Yeah, it's like... Nothing to do with it, but it's just called Highlander. It's weird. Is it violent? Well, it's yeah. like, there can only be one. Instead of, a, instead of a sword, he throws a boomerang, and it cuts people's heads off. Oh, but it's a cartoon, and I think Korg... Kurg comes back. Kurgan? Kurgan, yeah. yeah. I think he's... I think it has more to do with, like, the space plot line. Because it like is a dystopian future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, Connor... Or is it Duncan? No, no it's Quentin. Quentin. Yeah, it's a new version. It's a new, it's a new lineage. The cloud, yeah. And he's mm. a child, basically, or a teen. So, uh, it's weird. It's <laughs> weird here or there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about the the lead assassin that comes after him in the hotel, uh, played by Tuma Punkin. Punkin. Tuma. Demi the twin. Is that what his name is? Yes. Uh. uh yeah, he well, he is the second person in the episode to also have been in Dollhouse, and I just remember that because hmm. Kovac's sister right. was also in Dollhouse. But uh, they, that's where they they explain um, that that guy's body is a clone, and there's another version of him somewhere out there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's the one that got me. I was like, oh, well, if there could be another body or another clone body of Bancroft, that body could. Easily have opened up the vault to, mm. to get us out. And the question is why? That is a good question. Mm. Why would you kill one version of yourself and then not stick around for it? <laughs> <laughs> now, kind of on the tangent, speaking of like the guard fight scene, I really like the look of those, uh, whatever those things were, the protectorate guards. Uh, or... they're, it's an actual Roman title. Uh, there's also the name of the uh, the red guys in uh oh the Praetorian Praetor yeah that's what yeah. they're called Praetorians yeah those dudes look badass they're like something out of a video game yeah the armor oh even the guns in this show yeah I love the guns in this show and I thought for sure I was gonna see a, a Chiapa Rhino model gun and sure enough yep there's one in there there's something like it it's a little modded out it's got bigger, yeah got the, the bigger junk thing on the back yeah but I could, you get to recognize it right away this thing was guns. i was like hey he knows that i like that gun yeah i want something that made it feel blade runner where it's yeah. got that old like wooden handle on it so uh ortega and her partner i want to say uh, uh Sam, i forget his name shoot samir samir that's it so the multilinguals that's the one thing I, I kind of caught that was strange. They did it a lot uh, where people would communicate with each other in a different language. So it, it kind of made me wonder, yeah, it would just switch. So it made me wonder if people had like in like translators and put it into them. I, I just assume it's more of a, in the future, we all, all the languages kind of play it, together. It's like, you know, how people do Spanglish now, you know, you just yeah, start you talking had, in one language, you end up in... Ortega talking to Samir, he, he's in Spanish. She's in Spanish, and then he's like instant right into like Arabic. And then Kovac, in his first life, was talking to the guy that was chasing him down. It was German to Japanese. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if there's like some kind of 
I don't know if they pick those two languages because there are similarities in those languages. I wonder if it's if maybe, there's something that they're trying to like some kind of weird philosophical thing uh, they're trying to show, and well, I can't point it out. I just, just feel something there. Just how they say there's muscle memory with Joel Kinnaman's body or his sleeve. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there might be some like actual like language memory where they just without realizing it, like they're still communicating in their head, mm -hmm. but it just comes out a certain way. And then the other person has probably also been exposed to it so they can understand each other. And that's also a very Blade Runner uh, little touch, too, because mm. that happens as well, where Gaff, uh, Edward James Almost's character, speaks in some kind of weird Turkish, I think. Mm. Uh, and then in the uh, narrator version of Blade Runner, Harrison Ford details how uh, in like, the lower streets they speak a mishmash of like a bunch of different languages. Oh yeah, it'd be uh, kind of like this. I, I think that's kind of what they were going for, but I think it has something to do with like maybe the language memory is similar to like the muscle memory, where it just, you're still thinking in one language, but it just comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's the other thing about this world. I want to know about the culture and the whole other idea like the religion sense of the show. That part looks cool, yeah. That little glimpse we get. Well, you got people protesting. It's like, no, keep them alive. It's no, screw you. The archdiocese yeah. says you go to hell or something like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so philosophy. yeah. If you guys want to talk about that a little bit, the beginning part where when you see all the protesters, what exactly are they protesting? Because I, I I think I got a little confused at that point. Like, okay. I know they're 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 protesting for the rights of the dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there was this law that came out. I can't remember. It was some kind of order or some memorandum that came out she mentions it when she's driving him to bancroft's house mm -hmm. and he's in the car being all broody uh, you know and so it, it's 1060 something like that some i can't remember but there, there was like some kind of law 1060 that came out where if somebody's murdered they're allowed to spin them up which i like that terminology which like they're allowed to spin up somebody so they can testify against a murder and so there's uh the religious side that believes when you're dead, you're dead. Just leave the dead. Fit. And so now you're infringing into people's beliefs of what their souls are supposed to be. Because there's a lot of questioning, who are you? It's like, does your body make you you? Or does your soul make you you? And then if you spin up a soul, are you going to go to hell? And then that question comes up a lot. It's like, are you going to hell? If you spin up a soul, are you going to hell or is the soul going to hell? Is that person going to hell? That's the thing. It's like if you if you spin up another person's soul, there's a lot of people that believe that, no, that person's soul should not be resurrected. It should be at peace. See, but they're missing a great opportunity because if they do bring back somebody, they're like, hey, so what's the other side like? Well, that's the other thing. Everybody's given the stack when they're one years old. So when they do die, they're stuck in the stack. So it's not like you really die. You experience the it's ice. It's like asleep, you're like frozen. And oh, yeah. so then the stack stays alive. It's just the body dies. Yeah. Okay. So there's a weird sense, like just let the soul sleep or bring them back. I don't know. It's, it's, so then you should destroy the stack then, if that's what they really believe. But yeah. If you really want to kill yeah. somebody, yeah. that's you what you got to do. Stack. You destroy mm -hmm. the stack. So it's like, what? what's you? It's like, your body's not you. The stack is you. Yeah, but isn't there also in religion that if you're murdered, your soul can't rest until it, you, it's got justice and stuff like that? So wouldn't they want someone to just testify against or to point out who their killer was? There's some zealots that are just like, no, when you're dead, you're dead. You don't get a second chance. Even if it's, you're murdered. It's God's dead. way. They need the technology from the crocodile episode of Black Black Mirror. Yeah, man, I just saw that. <laughs> Fuck that show. <laughs> it's like I can't watch Black Mirror because it's like it's like I, we tried watching it mm -hmm. and it makes us think way too much. Yeah. To the point where it's like I'm depressed. And then like I like how it's called Black Mirror. And then when every time an episode's done, it goes to black, and it's like I see my stupid fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a uh, you know, and, and I think. To be that it, it, you get that feeling more with that that show because if if it's of its uh near future like feel like yeah. it's mm -hmm. it's you know a couple of days away kind of feel as opposed to this is far future. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> no, but I did see uh season four episode one, and only a few from like season one because I can't handle that show because it messes <laughs> up with my brain. But season four episode one actually made me happy. Because that was actually the first time I ever saw a Black Mirror episode with a happy ending. That's not a happy... Oh, no. 
that's that it's a well-off ending compared to other ones no. I've seen. Uh, we disagreed about yeah, this. Yeah, we're not well. going to get back into that. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, um, anything else you want to say about the first episode as we're winding down? Is there anything particular that you want to get out there? Uh, I mean, I, I'm definitely in. I've, this this show sold me. Uh, sold me in the first scene. Just the fight, the shoot shootout in the middle of the hotel room. I, I thought it was great. The idea that you know you have you have this super soldier that uh, you know sees the details, as he says, is is more than just uh, reading minds or whatever kind of thing. Brace yourself. Do we get an explanation as to what the whole scene through the walls thing was? That's not what we're we're here to do. We're not. I, I just want a simple <laughs> answer, not an explanation of it. I, I actually, I. Because I have a strong feeling that that's not something that he should be able to do. Like, I, I, I can't really explain that. Right. But I can tell you, if there's somebody in this show that you want to see naked, they will be naked. You will see them naked. You will oh. see everyone. Even uh, Blondie the Nipple Queen? Because <laughs> she's almost halfway there, but like I'm intrigued by what is like hiding behind that little thin sheet of fabric. Oh, said, just exactly anybody. <laughs> I said, if there's somebody you want to see naked, and we already saw Robocop naked, <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay. Wait. Um, what about the 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 gems or whatever it was that the girl was messing with? Them? Oh yeah, at the very beginning of the episode when uh, I guess they're handling something, and at first I thought they were barnacles or something. And then like, oh, oh, those are stacks. stacks. Those, yeah. those are those, those are what those are the disks those. that people hold in. The... They were stacks. That really weird. It's a pile of stacks. You, they, they're like think of it as like a soldier that takes dog tags. Oh. So whoever those were, those were the. So but it has nothing to do with later on when he's talking to Bancroft and Bancroft says this this thing is useless. It looks like a tree or something like that. And, oh, the song star tree. Yeah, and then because he has a flashback of a memory back to the the girl and the stacks. Then mm-hmm. so are the two things connected? Is this gonna go Avatar? Can they put their stacks in the tree? <laughs> that there was not too much explanation about that tree, but the tree does come back. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm intrigued. We're spoiling a sad character. <laughs> Did this um, also kind of remind you a little bit of uh, the Neo Soul sections of Cloud Atlas? I no. felt that the look and the tech was very similar. Oh, I, I guess the look is a little bit similar, but I mean, I just kept getting a six day feel from it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Maybe that's just my personality, the kind of movies I watch. I I loved Cloud Atlas, don't get me wrong, but. Has a little bit of a strange taste too there. I think the other the other thing that we need to talk about was uh, the, the the character Falconer, the Quillcrest Falconer, the the oh, author of that book, is, yeah, yeah. is also a sister. Is, is that what I'm getting? No, no. She was like the lead, some kind of spiritual leader, from what I gather. She was. Is is it explained in this? Yes, in the first episode. Oh, uh, uh, well, the first episode. I'm trying to think. Did, did they explain it in the first episode? He gives a little bit his. In, and he has that he has that false memory of or he has that imaginary conversation with his sister about throwing the book in the water mm-hmm. and he doesn't actually do it it's still sitting in his hand. They do mention um, when you get spun up into a new body that you'll hallucinate. Mm-hmm. So he gets those hallucinations. But yeah, the uh, oh yes, that book belonged to that black chick. Right. She organized. Yeah, they mentioned it in the first episode. Yeah, she was the leader of the terrorist organization for the Envoys. Okay, and there what seems like flashbacks of her talking to him specifically, mm-hmm. so maybe he was part of the terrorist organization. Is that what we're supposed to be getting at there with oh, that yeah. interpretation? Or that, that scene? So is this show trying to covertly make us sympathize with Rebels? Like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, there's lots of sci-fi that gets us to sympathize with Rebels. Yeah, I just feel like in this day and age, though, like, the rebels are technically the jihadists, and that's just, just weird. Depends to on what side of the. They actually are the bad ones. All right. Was there anything? Yeah, exactly. Brown coats. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to throw out there before? This I mean, show makes me think a lot. His, uh, his drug backpack is really cute, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> hangs on to that. <laughs> so, would you also recommend uh, doing copious amounts of alcohol with this show to better enjoy it? Yeah, that's how it worked for me. Like, like I, man, I had so many moments where I like had to put my hands over my mouth and go, oh, and gasp, like, oh, yeah, I had a bunch of those. I got to reach for my drink. Oh. 
he doesn't really get that emotional with shows like I'll be watching Game of Thrones and I'm throwing stuff across the room and it's not even like anything that big and he's like yeah whatever but yeah after a bottle of uh, yeah because Lim <laughs> I'm not I'm not really big on fantasy that's why I was I'm like I'm Game of Thrones is cool I can watch it but I'm just a big sci-fi nerd like it's like I see an elf and I'm like. He's show me a <laughs> show me a, a sexy android robot. I'm like, yes. I bite my, I bite my lips. Gabby, yeah, then when we when Game of Thrones comes back, you have to come on here and talk with us about yes. those episodes. And then you can come back and watch Westworld with us. Okay. Did watch you watch Westworld. the first season of Westworld? I've never seen Westworld. Oh. I heard bits here and there, and it's like that sounds cool. Well, you don't have to watch the movie. You can yeah. skip that right away. <laughs> like some sci-fi. The reason I like sci-fi because like it's possible. Hmm. Fighting dragons. No, never. Well, if sci if sci fi is possible, genetic engineering, you could bring back, you could not bring back, but create dragons. Spin up a dragon. Yeah, you probably <laughs> spin up a dragon. You put a dog's stack into a genetically modified dragon. Now you got a pet. No, that'd be a cat. Would become two plus. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know my dog bit me once. I don't want a dragon to bite me. Uh, all right. If anybody else has an opinion on the first episode of Altered Carbon, if uh, you'd like to get a hold of us, I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John's also on Twitter as. I'm at Magic Bollocks. Gabby? I'm at Gabatron5000. And Brian? At Angry Nin. And uh, was there anything else that you guys would like to plug, put out there? Um. I'm a Twitch streamer. I do mostly Battlefield and Overwatch. I haven't done it in a while, but I'm going to start up again. Uh, so my Twitch is the same, Gabatron5000. Go say hi if, I stream, if I'm streaming. <laughs> I just lurk the internet. Lurk? Okay. Uh, the rest of Geekly Radio is at Geekly Radio on Twitter, at Geekly Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geeklyradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.